church. We're glad to see you today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm excited to worship with you today. Can we stand together? We're going to sing of his love. Let's start with prayer. Father God, we worship you today. We turn our focus and our attention to you, for you are worthy of all of our praise. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your great love for us, and we worship you today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
good day. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're still trying to fill the same old holes inside Well, there's a better life There's a better life Let's sing it out If you got pain He's a pain taker
may be seated. Yeah. Uh, if you believe all that, say amen. I know you do. I know you do. Well, it's good to see you all this morning, and uh, it's good to be vertical. Uh, man, the sickness that's going around is brutal this year, um, and we've got a number of folks that are missing today because of sickness. We were <clears throat> supposed to be enjoying doing some baptisms right now, but our baptism candidates couldn't even make it in this morning. So um, instead, we're going we're gonna to receive some church members this morning. If you ha- are here this morning and um, you are either transferring your membership from another church with some folks um, doing that, or you're joining in the church of the Nazarene for the first time this morning, would you just come up and join me up here? You know who you are. Garcia family, all of you folks from Golden Bell, I think you guys are getting your membership transferred. <clears throat> Is there just two here this morning? That's okay. These are important two people. Aren't we blessed to have these two folks running our cafe? <laughs> kind of people that just show up and just jump in and, and get going with it. Well, why don't you stand right here in the middle and then just turn around and let them see your lovely faces. So, yeah, let's give them a hand. <clears throat> Wait, you weren't supposed to be the only two. There's like ten or so. But, you know, that's okay. The sickness is pretty bad right now. Um... So, um, when, when it comes to membership uh, in the Church of the Nazarene, we, we have people serving here that haven't joined in as members, okay? There's, there's people that can minister here locally, but something about um, officially stepping into membership where, where, where you buy into who we are, not just as a local church, but, but as a, a worldwide organization carrying on the mission of Jesus Christ across the globe. And what we ask of our members is, is that they buy into that, um, that, they, uh, um, that they, they think not just locally but, but globally in, in their ministry mindset. Um, <clears throat> we send out money, money that we bring in, we send out money to the mission field, and so we ask our members to be sowing into that. Um, and so I just have a few words I want to read to you. And you've got a couple of I do's that you're going to say, all right? And then and we're going to welcome you in. <clears throat> the privileges and blessings that we have in community together in the general church, the church of Jesus Christ, are sacred and precious. There is in it such hallowed fellowship, care, and counsel that cannot otherwise be known apart from the family of God. Amen. There's godly care of pastors with the teaching of the word and the inspiration of corporate worship that we're experiencing this morning. And there's cooperation and service accomplishing that which cannot otherwise be done by ourselves. And we affirm these doctrines this morning. We all really kind of reaffirm that together this morning. We believe in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? We believe that human beings are born in sin, that they need the work of forgiveness through Christ and the new birth by the Holy Spirit, and that subsequent to that, there's a deeper work of heart cleansing or entire sanctification through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that to each of these works, it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that's accomplishing this. Amen? 
We believe that our Lord will return. Yes. <laughs> We're looking forward to that, right? Okay. <clears throat> and that the dead shall be raised and that all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. If you believe heartily in this truth, will you say, I do? I do. And do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and do you believe that he's saving you even now? Hallelujah. Desiring to unite with the church of the Nazarene, do you commit to loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as, your, as yourself? Do you commit to the mission of God as expressed in the church of the Nazarene? Will you support the teachings of the church of the Nazarene and strive with God's help to grow in your understanding and practice the same in the, in the way that enhances the witness of the church? Will you endeavor in every way, to glorify God with a humble walk, godly conversation, holy service, by devotedly giving of your resources, and by faithfully participating in the means of grace. Will you follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life and seek earnestly to perfect holiness of heart and life in the fear of the Lord? If so, will you answer, I will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, let's pray for them. Will you join me in that? Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in our church family, <clears throat> and I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of these two awesome people, and we thank you for how they have just jumped wholeheartedly into the work of our church, how they're serving so faithfully, um, building up this, this cafe that we get to enjoy every Sunday morning, and the hard work that goes into that, and the team that they've pulled together. Thank you for their leadership. Thank you for their testimony of your grace and your mercy at work in their lives. May you continue to lead them and stretch them and make them the leaders that you have created them to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to have you introduce yourselves to these good folks in case they haven't gotten to know your names yet. I'm Bill, I'm Bill Springston, and this is my first wife, Nancy. Good morning. <laughs> Bill and Nancy Springston. Let's welcome them in the church. Thank you so much. God bless you. Let's continue to worship. <clears throat> Father God, as we continue in a spirit of worship, we cast our crowns at your feet. For you alone are worthy of all of our honor and all of our praise and all of the majesty and all the glory and honor that we can muster in ourselves. We crown you, Jesus, with every crown. <laughs> I have watched how you drove back the sea but swallowed up the shore to the deep through it all you were there mighty redeemer strong to deliver you are the great I am we crown you with every crown for the way you say 
with every crown for the way you love us i king of heaven we crown you the lord of all i have watched how you led through the wild cloud by day and fire by To your promised land Every step By my side Mighty Redeemer Strong to deliver You are the great I am We crown you with every crown you to stand with us or remain seated. Bow at your seat. Raise your hands. Bow your head. We want you to be comfortable in worshiping. We want you to worship. For the word at the beginning One with God the Lord Most High Your hidden glory in 
like you. There is nobody like you. We confess our great need for you. Spirit, fill this place with your presence. Thank you for being here. We need you. We need you. I need you. I need you to make a way. I need you to be the great I am this morning. The all-powerful God. I choose to trust you. Because you are worthy. You are faithful. When I don't see it, when I don't feel it, I know that you are there. You believe your word is true. Come and have your way in this place. Heal hearts, mend relationships. Oh, Father God, put a want to in our hearts for you. Come and be real. The world, the watching world wants to know, is this for real? Are you for real? And I know you are. I believe you are. We want to see your glory like Moses. Show us your glory, Father. Change us forever. We want to be your hands and feet. And we worship you. Miracle work, promise, keep, right in the darkness. 
Stop! 
our Prince of Peace, our mighty God, our high tower that we can run to. Underneath us are the everlasting arms. You are the light of the world. You are the way, the truth, and the life. That is who you are. That is who you to grow, whatever that means. May the tithe that we just give to you be 
one that will just explode to loving others, helping others. It's funny how we have to have a national holiday for lots of different things. And of course, with it being Valentine's Day month, Lord, and national holiday of love. And I just pray, Lord, that every day, 365 days a year, that we know how much you love us, but more than anything, that we don't keep that love to ourselves, that we just pour it out onto other people. Just thank you for all that you do for us. Amen. Two announcements. Super Bowl Sunday, finally here. Whoop, whoop. Anyone excited about that? Yeah? <laughs> Good. I'm glad some of you are. I like go cheese. Nice. Yes. I like the food. I'm not going to lie. Um, so Super Bowl Sunday is today. Doors are going to open up at 3.30. If you guys want to watch the show, the game, on the big screen, feel free. Family, friends, invite your friends, um, kids, anyone who wants to come, bring your favorite game food. And then the other thing is this Saturday, February 8th at 5 p.m. For all of you prime timers out there, if some of you don't know what a prime timer is, they are the people who still know how to have fun and party and do lots of fun things 55 years and older, okay? (laughs) So prime timer Valentine's Day party at Scott and Kathy Meyer's home. So if you don't know where that is, um, we can, you can look it up on the directory or we can get that for you. But 5 o'clock at their house. All right. Um, kids, if you want to bring up your joyful offering, it's right up here. That would be awesome. And if you want to meet me back at the back doors, and we're all going to have lots of different kinds of fun today. Who in here has seen The Greatest Showman? Most of us, right? Okay, most of us have seen that. That's the fairly recent movie, last couple years. Uh, Sorry, a little distraction. Um, uh, That's the... uh, the movie that came out last couple of years about P.T. Barnum. Okay, if you haven't seen it, it's a great, great movie. Lot, lots of fun. It's one of our family favorites. Anyways, the, um, the wife of P.T. Barnum in the movie, that actress's name is Elizabeth Williams. And a few weeks ago, she received a Golden Globe Award. I think it was Golden Globes uh, Award of, for, for something I don't, I don't know, um, but I, I'm aware of her speech that she made, and the speech that she made was pretty much all about pro-choice and celebrating pro-choice. Um, she was personally celebrating um, the fact that she lived in a country that allowed her the uh, option of of having an abortion and how glad she was for that um, because it has allowed her to have the career that she's had. And she just went on and on and on about this. And um, the reality is that's kind of the norm in America now, right? Um, since Roe v. Wade, we've 
We've had this as our normal and, and the Hollywood voice. Of course, once she was saying all this, everybody in the room was, was clapping and cheering. And, um, but not acknowledging the pain, uh, the trauma, um, and, you know, the, the, and I'm not just talking about what happens to the babies, but I'm talking about what happens to the women, the moms, um, that put themselves through this. Thinking, believing that they're making a great choice for themselves, not thinking through the lifelong uh, consequences that, that they carry deep down inside with them. But that, that's, the, that's the norm. That's, that's the voice of America. Um, quite a bit of America. I mean, yeah, she, she represents at least 50% of our country. And the truth is, it's probably more than that. Um, and, and it's sad, but we, we are, uh, we're, we're in a, a sermon series right now where we're trying to get our eyes or our minds on God's perspective on various things. How does God see this? How does God see this particular topic today? How does God see the unborn? How does God see the women carrying the unborn or the women going through these life-changing decisions? How does God see them? This is a very sensitive Topic. Even inside of the church, it's very sensitive. And it's a very emotional topic, very emotionally driven topic. There are strong emotions on both sides. There are people who very strongly believe in the right to choose and for, for the right for the, for the woman to choose. And there are people that are very strongly opposed to that. And the emotions of this um, run the gamut. Even, even in a room our size, a crowd like this, even, even inside of a, um, a church family like this that, that focuses on Scripture, focuses on um, who God is and what He wants for us, even inside of this, <clears throat> we could have a wide range of thoughts and feelings and emotions tied to this. I want to give ourselves permission today to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and our minds and allow the Holy Spirit to accomplish whatever it is that He wants to accomplish in us, in our hearts, in, in, our, in our thoughts, in our, in our experiences, in our mindsets, in our philosophies, whatever it is that we bring with us into this space, into this conversation. And I want to allow ourselves to uh, even express our emotions. You see, in a conversation like this, <clears throat> there might be somebody sitting next to you 
um, who is going through things that you have no idea what they might be going through. And it might be something that they're going through personally, or it might be something that's happening inside of their family, um, some, something that's happening that, that you, you are completely unaware of, or, or they just may, may have just such a strong passion for this that there's deep emotion that wells up. What I'm trying to say is I, I hope that we can have a safe space here today where we can be emotional if we need to be. And it's, and it's emotion that uh, won't carry with it any kind of preconceived ideas from, from those that are around us. But we're just going to allow each one of us individually here today to let God work in us the way that He wants to work in us. Can we agree to that? Thank you. I want to invite um, Teresa Diamond up here with me. As you came in, you, you probably saw <coughs> um, Choices is here with us today, and it's, it's very um, appropriate for Choices to be with us here today. Uh, Teresa Diamond is the director of Choices. And if you haven't um, engaged the, the work of Choices or are unaware of it, that's our local pregnancy center. And I'll, she'll be able to talk some more about that. We're just going to sit down. And, and our goal today is, is to engage in a conversation. We're going to engage Scripture but we're going to engage in a conversation trying to explore God's perspective. I'm hoping that when we walk out of this space together today, um, that we will know Him more, we will understand His heart more. And it's two phases. I think I've already explained this, but it's two, two levels or two phases of this. How He views or sees the unborn, and how he views or sees the women, the moms involved in, in this as well. So, Teresa, if you'll grab that mic, <clears throat> um, would you just for just just um, introduce yourself? At, you you are on there, yes. Um, just just say hello and introduce yourself and and your role at Choices and maybe even a little bit about what Choices does. Good morning, everybody. Is this fine? Yes, okay. it's fine. Uh, I'm getting over a cold, so excuse me if I get a little froggy. Uh, I am the executive director of Choices. We have a pregnancy center in Woodland Park and one in Cripple Creek. Uh, we have been in the community in Teller County. We serve Teller County exclusively. Uh, we have been here for 26 years. And we offer um, a safe and confidential environment and services that consist of free pregnancy testing, some limited OB ultrasound, STI testing, and some treatment. Uh, education for a lifetime, which is parent, or excuse me, uh, healthy relationship education in the middle school and high school level, and then post-abortion healing uh, classes for post-abortive women. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yes. How long have you been director there now? I've been in this role for one year and four months now. My my for, our former director was there for 10 years, Catherine Perry, maybe many of you know her, so yeah. And Teresa and I served on the board together way back in the day um, through, the, through the whole construction um, 
I started on the board in uh, 2010. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, okay. I think the first thing I'd like to do is, is um, read some scripture together. So if you'll open up your Bibles to Psalm 139, I think this, is, this particular passage is, is probably the most thorough passage about God's involvement in, um, in the creation of, of us inside the mother's womb, okay? So Psalm 139, starting at verse 13, here's, here's how it reads. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, that's a, that's a powerful <clears throat> declaration about what God is up to before we come popping out of our mama, okay? And um, for those of us that believe in the Word of God, it becomes quite clear to us that God is involved in the process of knitting us together, um, that there is... There's the natural thing that's happening inside of the mama where the, where the body is, is uh, doing some amazing genetic work. But the scripture is telling us that, that God is ultimately the one involved in this. Now, there's a hallelujah attached to that, okay? I mean, that's awesome that, that God is what was, was involved in, in bringing me to life, and and all of my days were ordained, and 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 He knew me before I was even begun to be woven together. I mean, that is that is some awesome stuff. <clears throat> but there is some tension here, okay? And and it's challenging because there's bad stuff that happens to women. There, there, there are violent things that can happen to women to cause them to become pregnant. And so, Teresa, let's just have a little bit of a dialogue. When, when, when it comes to the tension of, of God being in, in, involved and in knitting us together in, in the womb, and yet at the same time there's, there, there, can be, there can be great love that's involved in that between a man and a woman, but there can also be tragedy that's involved in that. What, what kind of work do you do at Choices to help navigate the, the hard part of this conversation? Well, I would say, uh, first of all, we have trained advocates that meet with women who come in who are unexpectedly pregnant. And 
there's all kinds of stories that come through the door. Our first line of defense is there is no judgment, only acceptance for whatever your situation is. And it's hard as a human being to not want to come into a situation with some sort of preconceived notion about what you think that person should be doing or not doing in their life. But the point is, is that we open everyone, we welcome everyone with open arms, regardless of what the story or the situation is. And the truth comes out in, the reality of it is, is God allowed a pregnancy, whether it is a a sexual assault and a rape or a violent crime, the Bible is clear in saying that children are a blessing from the Lord. Right. And so people that say that abortion, one of the big arguments for abortion is that it should be allowed because, I'm sorry if I'm ignoring people over here, allowed because, uh, because of rape. But actually that percentage of people who uh, get pregnant by that method is very small. That's like very small percentage, like less than 2%. So it's really not a viable argument. Yeah. You know. And what I've, what I've seen with... Um, with some who have endured that and have chosen to chosen for life, chosen to um, go through with having the baby, is that is that God's healing and restoration comes in into that tragic thing that happened, that violent thing that happened, and redeems it with this beautiful child, this this life that, um, and, and so there's. There's, there's a redeeming or a healing or restorative work. Does it completely undo the violent act? No. Um, but, but it's like a healing salve that, that, that comes to the woman um, who, who chooses life. Um, um, and you, l- listen, this, there's nothing easy ab- about this. And there's, there's nothing easy about holding the hand of, uh, of, a, of a woman who has endured such, a, such trauma. Um, but the healing power of the Holy Spirit is real. We, we do believe in that, right? Okay, about three of us do. No, no I mean, come on, church. We, we believe that, uh, that God is our healer, right? Amen. Our restorer. Okay, yeah. And so, um, and... and and we're talking about any kind of trauma that might happen to us. We've got to have the Spirit of God in us and pressing into Him to allow His healing work to be done. And so when it, when it comes to God's sovereignty in this, there, there are sometimes it's not, it's not easy to really just grab onto. It's not just a simple um, um, thing because when, when we're dealing with a woman that have, has experienced tragedy, um, as I can't just simply say, well, listen, God was in this and, and, you know, and, and now you've got a, a, a child and, and, and that's wonderful and, and yippee, let's, let's be happy. I mean, there's, there's so many levels of, of emotion that are attached to this, and we've got to trust that the Holy Spirit is, is, is accomplishing His work, but there, we, have to, we should acknowledge, church, this, this tension that because human free will is intact, okay, 
because human free will is fully intact, there are people out there that are making bad, 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 bad decisions. And sometimes those bad decisions are acts of violence against other people. And the result of that can be, now we're engaged in this tension where, where a clearly Scripture is telling us, man, when, 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 there's, when there's a baby growing in a womb, there's, there's miraculous that is happening. Yes, nature is taking its course in the mother's womb, but God's hands and his heart and, and his purpose is involved in this as well. And we're all sitting here, we are all the result of that. Your life is a result of, at some point, back in the day, God was knitting you together in your mother's womb. And even before that started, he knew you. Just take in that remarkable reality. Because some of us today, <clears throat> um, the circumstances of life are tough. The things that you're facing, the things that you're dealing with, whatever you might be walking through, and you're wondering, you're starting to question your own value, you're starting to question your own merit. Um, and God is reminding you right now in this moment, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at what Job has to say about this. <clears throat> Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us both within our mothers? He reiterates what the psalmist says. He's involved. He was involved in this from the beginning. Okay, so I, th I, th I think we, we can walk out of here today having, having a good idea about God's involvement in the process of, of a baby growing in a mother's womb. Um, obviously, our country, with some of its laws that have been made and some of the laws that um, have begun to unfold even over just the last few years with the abortion rights, things have gotten worse. Um, and, um, and now we have folks that are, that are uh, being given permission to abort at the very last minute. Um, and we have this scriptural mindset that, that because of God's involvement from, from the get-go, um, probably the church's perspective on this should be that from the moment of conception, life exists. From the moment of conception, life exists. I'm just telling you that that's what I fundamentally believe. Um, and there, there are various opinions that will, you'll find inside the church. Well, once the heart start, starts beating, that's when life began, begins or whatever. You know, whatever. But man, when I, when I read this scripture and I see that God's involvement 
and his knowledge of who I was even before conception, I, I just, I'm like, okay, my life, my life began at cell and cell. Like, boom, I, that's, I, 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 there, there I am. And I grow from there. Um, I guess that's not much of a talking point as, as much as it is just sort of a statement. Just having us think through what we, what we as Christians believe about life. Okay, so let, let's change gears unless there's anything else that we want to say about that. I'd like to really start talking about the moms. Okay. Um, and I, I suppose I'd, I'd like to start that by if you would just maybe share your story with us, your testimony, um, your journey. Yeah, it'd be great. That'd be great. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm going to do the Cliff Notes version this morning because my um, the reason I sit in the seat that I sit at, at Choices is because of my story. And I don't tell my story or I don't want to belong to this club, but I do. And I just want to thank God for the opportunity to share this with you because it's not something that is easy to do. When I first came on the board at Choices as a board member, I was a post-abortive and still am a post-abortive woman. No one knew that about me. And so when they invited me to be a board member, I was someone in the community who had an interest in Choices and in supporting the mission of Choices. And so I was a viable living, breathing candidate. I guess that's how it is with boards sometimes anyway, if you show any interest. Um, (coughs) But I was hiding my past. I was a believer. I've been a believer since uh, I was 31 years old. So prior to 31, you can imagine, I lived a pretty worldly life and had a lot of consequences as a result of that. But the point is, I was hiding my past as a believer. And my husband knew my story, but nobody in Woodland Park knew my story. We moved here in 2005, and I had met some people in our church who were very connected with Choices, which was known as Woodland Park Pregnancy Center at the time. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, there are so many people in this church that are connected with this pregnancy center. This is so weird. Um, and it made me very uncomfortable. But I kept getting this sense that God was going to deal with this issue in my life as I was hiding. So being on the board was a way for me to give back without anyone knowing my past. So it's kind of like trying to work it out, you know. Uh, I was trying to work out my, uh, my repentance, I guess. But not even consciously, because I'm a spirit-filled believer, have been for many, many years, and even prior to, to this, but I didn't even recognize that I was doing that. I just knew that I was forgiven and, and, um, because I had accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and so I was forgiven of my sins, right? Uh I knew that. But what I didn't understand was, with the deeper wounds of our heart, there's work that's required in order to be free from those wounds. So I had started um, going and meeting with some people who were praying for choices uh, every week, and one of those people was my friend Judy Fosberg. And she said, Teresa, we're going to start this class pretty soon called Surrendering the Secret. Mm. I'm like, well, what is that? She said, well, it's a post-abortion healing class. I'm like, great. I'll pray for you on that. She mm. said, no, I think you really should come. I think it would really help you a lot. 
I'm like, that is the last thing I want to do. Now, she doesn't know, or you have... Judy According knew. to you, you she, but you hadn't okay, told Okay, so there's her. some tells with post-abortive women. Okay. And so Judy had kind of figured out that I was post-abortive, although I had not told her. A couple of the tells that are pretty prevalent are being a helicopter mom, uh, being a control freak, being very fearful, um, not being very good at self-care. And the list goes on. There's a lot of things, and that could be a recipe for many things, too. It's not just post-abortive women. But she saw these things in me and so started kind of drawing me out in conversation. And I finally trusted her enough because if you know Judy, she just loves you to death and loves you right out of your fear. And I told her, you know, that I was post-abortive, and she said, well, you definitely need this class. It's going to help you a lot. So anyway, it's an eight-week healing Bible study. It's phenomenal. I received tremendous healing through that process, and I kind of call it the catalyst for more healing because it wasn't the end-all to end-all. It was just, it got me past this stopping point. Mm. And at this point, I would just ask you, if you find yourself in your spiritual life feeling like you're just kind of stuck and you can't move on, there's like a ceiling. That's how I felt. It was like I just couldn't get through this space, and I didn't know what it was. And I was praying and asking God to show me the way out. I wanted to grow as a Christian, and this is what I got offered, post-abortion healing classes. That was not what I thought was coming down the pike. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't get to choose your blessings. Anyway, I went through the class, and it was, uh, it was a very... Uh, very wonderful experience overall. It was very hard in some weeks, um, but very, very freeing. And I will just tell you, it is only by the grace of God I can sit here and talk to you about this because it's not something I'm proud of. Um, I'm not. But I did find out that I have two sons in heaven, one named Michael and one named James. Out of the process, God showed me three very important things. One was that I was able to receive his forgiveness for my choices. That's huge. I don't know if you've ever met anybody who's post-abortive, but I'm going to guess you have after 60 million abortions plus since Roe v. Wade. I'm going to guess you've met somebody who's post-abortive or you know someone who is. And you'll hear them say, I could never forgive myself for what I chose. Well, God doesn't say anything about that. He says, I forgive you. I, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus' life for my life, he's cleansed me from my sins. I am forgiven. But if you cannot receive the forgiveness of God, then you are a Christian walking around who knows in their head they're forgiven, but it hasn't come down here to the reality of, like, you can really walk in freedom knowing that, yeah, if you could choose again, you wouldn't pick that. I wouldn't pick that. But I can't. I can't take the past back. So he showed me how to accept and receive his forgiveness. And then he showed me that I am worthy to be his daughter. One of the big, huge problems with post-abortive women is they don't think they're worthy of being cared for, of being loved, of being accepted. The list goes on. He showed me that I'm worthy. And then he showed me that out of... The two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, that if I were to take this measure of freedom that I received and kept it under a basket, 
and didn't let my light shine and didn't let my truth come out and didn't let my testimony come to the ears that need to hear it, that that would be wrong. So this is me loving you by telling you that there is hope for freedom and healing and forgiveness for the choices that you made in the past, and it doesn't matter if it's abortion or what it is. Um, if you believe in your heart, and if you have just one small yes in your heart for healing, he can work with that. Mm. One small yes. And so outside, I have a table set up that has some information about choices, and there's some books out there called Surrendering the Secret, and my business card is out there. And my heart and passion as the director of choices is that no one would have to make that choice. So that's why we're really huge on preventative measures. That's why we want to be in the middle school and the high school and tell the kids about healthy boundaries and healthy relationships and having sex at an early age, how much that actually affects your whole life going forward in not in a good way. Mm. And my heart is for these women that come through the door and we don't tell them what to choose. I don't sit... In 2015, I was a client advocate at Choices. I didn't sit in my chair and tell them, don't choose abortion because I know what that brings. That would be me manipulating their outcome. We don't manipulate. We minister, we love, we listen, and we, prevent the, we present the facts. Life as you know it is now over. You have three choices. You can choose to parent, you can choose to abort, or you can choose to give your baby up for adoption. Whatever you choose... We will not judge you. We will walk this path with you, and we're here with you. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that God has used my mess. <laughs> He's used my mess, a great big mess, to be a message of hope for other people. There's something uh, about the stuff that you just said that I think is very helpful for us in the church with a mind shift. <clears throat> See, when... When we when we talk about abortion, our uh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna speak for us generally. We'll focus in on the babies that are being um, killed, yes. and then what that leads to then is because I'm fo so focused on the babies that are being killed, I, I will I'm I'm going to lean towards judging the woman that was involved in that or the couple that was was involved in that or even the medical clinic that was involved with that. Uh, I'm going to tend to, out of righteous indignation, I'm going to lean that direction. <clears throat> it's a really great reminder that, you know what, those babies are in heaven. Those babies are in heaven. And then we have the walking wounded these people that made the choice and that resulted in those babies being in heaven, but there are men and women who are, who are walking wounded because of, of this. And I don't know how helpful it is for me to lean into righteous indignation when, when what they really need is, is grace and mercy and, and healing. 
Um, Let me just ask you, Brian, is there any stories in the Bible that you can think of where God's righteous indignation, not that he ever acted that way, had a positive impact on anybody? I mean, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his love that covers over a multitude of sins. I mean, it's only in God's grace and mercy that anyone can get past. We're all broken. We all have broken places in us. There's not one person anywhere that can say that they are free of that. If they were, they would be up in heaven. They wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's perfection is up there, not here. Yeah. You know, and so offering compassion to people that you meet, that you know have experienced this in a listening, non-judgmental ear. Because what, I, what we hear over and over for these girls that, and guys that come in is they don't have anybody to listen to them. They don't have a parent or a loved one in their life because of whatever relationship wedges that have been driven, they feel alone. And that's a lie, but that's how they feel. And so when they come in and they talk to us and they have somebody listen, I mean listen to their story without judgment and mm. just say, well, that's, that's a horrible, horrible story. I mean, it's sad, you know? Now, we could probably all guess the answers um, ourselves to the question I want to ask, but let, it, just for the purpose of us really trying to think about and understand the whys behind um, a choice to abort. When, when, when a, a woman of whatever age or, or a couple um, come in and, 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 uh, um, to whatever clinic and they would choose abortion, what, what are the most common whys for them making that decision? I would say probably economics. I can't afford a child. Um, I would say influence from my own experience. I was 20 years old the first time I got pregnant with an unplanned pregnancy, and I did not know what to do. Let me just clarify. I did not grow up in a godly home. But I knew in my heart, okay, I think Romans says something about that, having a conscience. I knew in my heart it was wrong. But I was saving myself, or so I thought, because my influence... I was a woman's liber, you know. I was a bra-burning woman's liber, and all of my friends were the same way. I was not a believer. I didn't have any Christian friends. Our influence, this was what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you get an abortion because it's just a blob of tissue. Well, this was early 80s. I don't know. There might not have been Internet in the home at that time. I know I didn't have one, but information was not as readily available as it is now. Yeah. That's not to say that I wouldn't have chosen the same thing. But one thing I will say is if I had one, if I even knew what a pregnancy center was, I would have went there out of curiosity. I hear women say all the time, and I, I've said it myself, if, I, if there had been one woman who would have stood with me, one woman who would have stood with me through my decision, I don't believe I would have chose abortion. Mm. Wow. I don't. One person. So isolation Isolation, your friend you group, your, wow. your peer group is huge, people. Kids, listen, your peer group is huge. Your top five people in your life, 
will have a huge impact on you. And that's not just kids. So here, here, when you say that, here, here's what I'm hearing as a, as a believer. If I find out that someone is, is, let's say, find out that they're pregnant out of wedlock, instead of righteous indignation or pulling back, how dare they, you know, if I press into relationship with them and, and, and I press in with the love of Jesus, it, it's likely that it'll move them towards pro-life. Because the isolation or the, the... The shame. The shame. Okay, we live in a culture where abortion is legal everywhere, right? Do you hear people openly talking about abortion other than in a political realm anywhere? You don't, because, you know, I mean, look at, folks, there's some of you here that have been here for a while in this world, and so you know, back in the day, you didn't talk about things like this publicly. You certainly didn't talk about it in church, and you certainly didn't talk about it publicly. And so, it's changed a lot in Mm. that realm, you know? We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. People need to know that, yes, okay, you made a bad choice. We all get to choose. We all get to choose. Otherwise, we would just be like beasts, like the rest of the animals roaming the earth. We would just be animals. But God gave us a soul, and he gave us free choice. And in that, yeah, we're going to screw up, and we're going to make some bad choices. And the thing about sin is there's no degrees. It's just the consequences There's definitely degrees of consequences for our sins. And loving someone who has made a bad choice, whether you went to a party and you got drunk, or whether you, you know, had sex outside of marriage and got pregnant, or whatever it is. Or even if it's inside of marriage and it's just an inconvenient time. That happens, too. I mean, that happens, right? It happens, but the biggest majority is economics. I can't afford a baby. I can't even even take care of myself right now. How am I going to take care of a baby? Well, I mean, that's where a pregnancy center comes in real (coughs) handy because we have parenting classes. They can earn baby bucks while they learn how to be a parent. They can shop in the baby boutique and get absolutely everything that they need, Okay. That's pretty great. That's a pretty great um, resource to have in our county, in Teller County. I just want to read a couple of verses uh, for all of us to hear, but maybe, maybe there's some folks in here feeling, with, feeling some self-condemnation or, or shame. 1 John 1 Eight and nines, or really most mostly verse nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then Romans eight one says this. Let this just wash over you. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me just read that again. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
law of sin and death is nothing but condemnation and shame. And it is such a, a powerful tool of the enemy. And he wants, to, he wants to rake us over the coals as much as he can. He wants, he wants to burden us as much as he possibly can. He wants to, he wants to strip us of, of as much freedom in Christ as he possibly can. And there are, there are walking wounded believers in Jesus all around us. They've accepted Jesus' forgiveness for their sins, but probably haven't walked through forgiving themselves. And the self-condemnation and, 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 and the shame can, can just be absolute chains. And we sang about this. He's a chain breaker. I mean, it's not just a great song. It's, it's a declaration of reality, a declaration of truth. Truth. He is a chain breaker. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. And if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. When, when folks are coming in, I don't know if you even know the, this percentage, but I'm sure you do as you track the numbers. What is the success rate of, of people engaging Choices Pregnancy Center, what is the, I don't know if you want to use the phrase success rate or percentage of, 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 of men and women choosing life because they're, because they're engaging choices. Do you, do you know what the... I would say it's probably 99%. 99% church. Because if you can get somebody... Hold on a second. Say that again. 99%. 99%. Doesn't that deserve some clapping? Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, we cannot... Let's not undervalue this ministry. It's an extended ministry of who we are as the church. Really, in many ways, they're on the front lines advocating for life. Not just for unborn babies, but for men and women choosing life. I'm sorry, I get... No, what? I don't even remember what I was going to say. It's okay. No, it's good. But I, I do want to say that I don't track numbers per se. It's just that being in a small county and the number of people that we have come through our doors, probably last year it was 1,100 people for one reason or another. I think we did 211 um, pregnancy tests and 90-some, 90 92 ultrasounds. Um, but we know the women that leave, be, when they leave, if they say that they're going to go to Planned Parenthood, we know when they leave, when we're praying for them. Um, if we don't hear from them and they won't return our calls or texts, that's when we know. But almost that almost never happens. We have so many women that will say, I've been sitting in Planned Parenthood parking lot. I've made an appointment at Planned Parenthood, and I can't go through with it. I came back here because you guys were nice to me. 
because you were kind to me and you loved me and didn't judge me because you loved me enough to tell me the truth. And it's phenomenal, really. It's humbling to be able to, and honoring to be able to work in a capacity where you're watching lives being transformed right in front of you. And it is not easy street once they say, yes, they'll parent that baby. I just need you to know it is like this the whole time until about the second, you know, trimester. <laughs> it could go up and down and crazy things happen. They just do. But we're consistent. We minister and not manipulate. And we offer support and education and resources that they need. And I think that's why the success rate, if you will. And we pray all the time. And we say, God, this is your ministry. We get to be your vessels here. We don't claim ownership of that at all. I don't claim ownership of that at all. That's Choices is God's ministry. Pregnancy centers are God's ministry because it's only because God lives in the heart of men and women who work in that capacity that it even exists. The concept even exists. Really. Mm. On a, on a, a, a political level, is there, any, um, is there anything that's happening in the, in the here and the now on, on a political level that in, any changes that are being made for better or for worse or you know, anything that's, that's happening out there that maybe we're not aware of but because you're so inside of this thing, is there anything happening locally, statewide, or even nationwide? You know, Brian, point? we're not political at all. I don't get involved in the politics. I hear probably the same things you all do. There's been a huge number of abortion clinics that have been closed down this year. We do know that. Um, but the, the flip side of that is chemical abortion is on the rise in a crazy trajectory. Internet drugs are very much available. Um, Plan B, which is the chemical abortion drug that you can buy right at Walmart, right at Walmart for 50, 50 bucks, uh, has a huge impact on what's happening. Something in you our... just do at home. Mm-hmm. Has anybody out here seen the Unplanned movie? Raise your hands if you've seen the Unplanned movie. Okay, so few. not very many people have seen that movie. It's really actually a very well-done <laughs> um, movie about someone who was... Abby Johnson, who was inside Planned Parenthood as one of the youngest executive directors ever, who really actually believed she was helping women. And there are so many doctors and nurses that operate in that field that really believe they're helping women. They really do. And she worked in that capacity for eight years. So that is, should be an indicator of how powerful uh, the denial, I call it the denial drug, is. Even that movie star you were talking about that gave, you know, that was talking about the great country we live in where you could choose to abort your child and she was so grateful. That woman is in denial. I will just tell you right now, God created women to be the seedbed of humanity. When you go through an abortion and it's a violent procedure, whether you do a chemical or a surgical abortion, it's violence on your body. It will affect you for the rest of your life unless you get through some sort of healing with the Holy Spirit, and he, he heals that part of your heart. We're mamas. We were meant to 
bear children. I have two beautiful daughters by the grace of God. I'm so grateful that he allowed me to be a mom. And, and let's not undervalue what it does to the men Okay, yes, men are, there's just as many hurting men out there, I will tell you. I have met a number of hurting men who did not even get to have a voice in the choice. Uh, She came back later and told him that's what she chose, and he's like, what? You didn't even tell me. And so those men are hurting because men are created to pursue, provide, and protect for their family, for their loved one. And they're left in this quandary because now they have this empty space in their heart where their child is gone and they didn't even get to choose. So we offer, we offer healing classes for men as well. And it's, it's a needed thing. Here's, here's how I would like to close today, church. I, I, I really believe that we need to spend some time in prayer, um, intercessory prayer, uh, on behalf of choices, intercessory prayer, on behalf of <clears throat> the the men and women and, and unborn babies that are, you know, um, on the bubble. And, and then for the walking wounded, for those that have already made the choice and, and are, are left living with it, I want us, I want us to pray. Um, and I'm inviting all of us to join in and pray. And, and it's very possible that there are some in, in this room here today that, that fit into one or more of these categories. And you, um, you need the healing hands of Jesus to come around you. Um, and it might, you, you, might, you may be where Teresa was, where it's just an absolute secret. It's you, maybe... Maybe your spouse knows about it. Maybe, maybe not. You, it may be an absolute secret, something you've been, that you've buried deep. Um, and you're hearing today that there, there is freedom that the Spirit of God is offering on all of us, um, especially you. So um, I want to o- open this up for prayer. Um, I'd like to create this space right in here, make this like altars. Um, and Teresa, if you don't mind, if you're comfortable with this, if, if, if you would just kneel right here, and if there's folks that would like to come around and lay hands on Teresa as a director of our pregnancy center, and we want to intercede on behalf of, of the ministry of, of choices throughout 2020, um, I know she would welcome this, this kind of prayer but I also want this to be open for, for anyone who wants to come forward to pray for whatever reason that you might want to pray for. You may have family, a family member that's, that's on the bubble. It may be you that's on the bubble. I mean, what, what, whatever it might be. Or you just, you just have a, a, a passion for the, for the church to become the church in America and, and, and for pro-life, whatever that might be. These altars, this altar space is open. If you'll join us, and let's just spend some time seeking the face of God on behalf of this. If 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 you want to join us up here, please do so.
Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we, we, we call on your name today. You are worthy to be praised. I, I do thank you for giving us the space here today to have a conversation about this thing that's very difficult and very challenging and even very painful to talk about. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you will help us, the church, to be the church. The healing hands of Jesus to those that are around us. Forgive us of our tendency towards righteous indignation and, and instead I'm, I'm, empower us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to the walking wounded. Whether it's about this topic or, or whatever it might be that, that, that we can be an extension of your love and your grace and your mercy and your healing. We do want to save babies. We do. And we thank you for the, the ministry of choices. And the ministry of all the different choices, pregnancy centers that exist, not just in our state, but throughout our country and our world. Men and women who, who, who are spending their hours and their days and their weeks, months, and years trying to help men and women who are facing this decision to make a decision for life. So we lift choices up to you now. We ask that you will uh, surround that building, that property, with legions of your warrior angels, that they would protect that space. Everyone that's working in that space, everyone that's volunteering in that space, and everyone that's walking into that space who are in trouble. That once they enter into that space, people are just experiencing the presence of the Almighty. I'm asking that you will turn the 99% success rate into 100%. That every single boy, girl, man, woman that comes into contact with Choices Pregnancy Center will, will choose your way. Will come to know you as, as Lord and Savior, as Redeemer, as Forgiver. And every man and woman who, who, who are, who are post-abortive already and, and, and engage choices because they're seeking out healing, that they will experience deep, deep healing in their hearts and their minds and their, and their souls. They won't just know your forgiveness, but they will experience your healing. And that they will feel empowered to 
forgive themselves and allow themselves to be healed and freed. Mm-hmm. For there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, we are your people, and we are called by your name. We are identified by you, who you are and what you are about. (coughs) Give us the wisdom and the strength and the courage to be light and darkness, to be hope for the hopeless, and healing for the hurting. It's all about you, who you are, and what you are doing. Mm-hmm. And we, we honor you in all of it, and we choose to walk in the light as you are in the light. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray and everybody says. Amen. Can we thank Teresa Diamond for joining us today? She's, um, she's got a booth out here. She'll be standing out here at the back. Love to meet with you and talk with you and answer any questions that you might have about the ministry and the continuing ministry of of Choices Pregnancy Center. Well, let's stand together. I want to say a blessing over you, and here's what's happening after this. Um, As you can see, we're we're set up for a dinner. We we wanted uh, our folks that are are new to our church over the last six months have have had a personal invitation to stay with us and have a meal with with the church board and staff, and that's what's happening. So it's a reminder to you board members, staff members, and those of you who fall into the category of of newish to our church, um, even if you didn't receive an invitation, um, you you are invited to stay. We want to get to know you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you, be gracious to you. May His countenance come upon you. May He fill you with His peace, His grace, His mercy, His power. May He fill you with His unconditional love for those that are around you. Have an awesome week in Him. We'll see you next Sunday.
Lord in 